Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. You know, life can be such a grind at times, and so we're here sharing God's Word with you to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the host of the Grind It Podcast, the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. Today we got a special treat because I have my daughter with me again. And uh, today we're going to, because one of the things I like to do with the Grinded Podcast from time to time is interview people uh, so they can uh, give their their life stories and challenges that they face through life and how God has helped them through those situations. And today, uh, a few weeks ago, I asked my daughter if she would be... uh, uh, willing to be interviewed and and she said yes so that's that's who I'm interviewing today is is my daughter uh, and we want to talk about something that, uh, that is really going on uh, a lot unfortunately in our world today and uh, I, I think uh, probably COVID has a lot to do with it with people being stuck inside and and being quarantined and, and thankfully we're on the way out of that I believe but um, we want to talk about anxiety, depression, and, and suicide. Um, suicide is very heartbreaking, and like I said, it, it's very common uh, in our world today, unfortunately. And before we even get started talking about anything, I, I just want to say that if you are struggling mentally, it, uh, that you are not alone. I know it, it, when, when you're in a pit, when you're in that deep despair, it, it feels like you're all alone and it feels like you, you can't see over that mountaintop or past that mountain that is that you're facing. Uh, but you are not alone and, and you feel like nobody cares, but I promise you there are people that care. There are people that want to help you. And if you're having thoughts of harming yourself, if you're having thoughts of, of, of committing suicide, please please, please get help. Call the Suicide Hotline, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. It's available 24 hours, and that number is 1-800-273-8255. And I want to repeat that number again. It's 1-800-273-8255. If you can't remember that, remember that number, call the police, call a friend, call a relative. Just please, please, please get some help. And so maybe you're asking, why are we talking about this subject today? And, and, and I mentioned when we first started uh, uh, the, the podcast that uh, COVID has really uh, amped up the rate of suicide because people are isolated, people are quarantined, they're stuck in their houses, and people that, that already struggle with anxiety or depression is really having a hard time uh, with this and the number of suicides is 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 on on the rise unfortunately um, anxiety and depression uh, it, it, it's at an all-time high uh, it's affecting all ages uh, from 14 to 50 to 80 to 90 um, like I said because people are stuck you know in their homes and being quarantined and things and and, and so their their world has changed drastically over the past two years and so it, it, a lot of anxiety and d- depression it, it has has come from all this um, it's affected you and we'll get more into that here in just a little bit uh, as a 14 year old teenager uh, and not just you but there's there's many of your friends many other people that that we know that that struggle with anxiety and uh, depression 
But in just the past few weeks, there's been several suicides from prominent people who had great careers. They were uh, wealthy. They were uh, healthy as could be. Uh, They were very successful. And yet, for whatever reason, they decided to take their own life. And and, and, and a lot of these were very young. And and just recently, just a couple of days ago, uh, there was a, a young lady by the name of Katie Meyer who was a goalkeeper for uh, the Stanford uh, uh, soccer team. And she was a senior at Stanford, and she, she had helped them win a national championship in 2019. And, and she literally had just talked to her par- parents a couple of hours before she decided to, uh, to take her own life. And in the interview, they said that that she was in great spirits and there were there were no red flags she just for whatever reason uh decided to to take her life and 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 now they're saying that um she may have been facing some disciplinary action from the college because she uh was uh, defending a teammate and some kind of uh some kind of deal that was going on they haven't given the details on that but for whatever reason her parents said there's no red flags that she was in good spirits but yet a couple hours later they had lost their daughter uh, a few weeks ago, uh, a young lady, uh, she was 30 years old, by the name of Chelsea Christ. Uh, she was a lawyer. She had won uh, Miss USA pageant in 2019. Uh, she, she was Miss North Carolina, so she, she was a, a, a beautiful young uh, black female. She was a correspondent for Extra, the show Extra. So she got to interview all these high-profile people. I mean, it, it, she was very successful. She climbed the ladder of success. and. In an interview with uh, with her mom, her mom said that that that, sh- that uh, Chelsea ha- was um, functioning, and I think a lot of people are in this situation right here. That she struggled with a high functioning depression, and so uh, she uh, had been battling depression, and yet she was living her life on a daily basis and trying to overcome uh, 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 that depression, and she was doing a good job, but for you know, for whatever reason, we don't know the answers because she's not here to tell us why. But uh, she lit, she left a note behind to her mom, and she goes up to the 29th floor of the the high-rise building that she lived in, and there's a terrace, and she just ran off the terrace and and, and fell to the ground to her death on January 30th. Um, some others that are, uh, are notable uh, that committed suicide was Chris Cornell, the lead singer of Soundgarden, uh, and one of his best friends did it right after he did uh, Chester Bennington who was a lead singer for Lincoln Park and one of the most famous comedians of all time uh, Robin Williams uh, had taken his own life and um, just real quickly I want to mention that uh, one of the hardest funerals that I ever officiated was dealing with a suicide from one of our, our closest friends is our, to our family uh, these, these, these people this man and woman, they had two sons that were best friends with my sons when they were younger. And uh, I was at a church plant, and so that's how I met these people. Got to be real good friends with them. We went to barbecues with them, met down at the park. We'd go, I spent a lot of time at their house, uh, and, and they would come over to our house. We watched basketball together, football together. I got my first tattoo with the husband, actually. Uh, he's the one that taught me into doing it, and, and uh, I went with him. He got one, and, and, and I got a tattoo. And uh, so we were really close. And, and I, I just remember one day, um, mom getting the uh, uh, seeing a message that um, that 
this lady was gone. She was no longer with us. And I called the husband. I said, what's the deal? And I found out that, that she had hung herself. And, and a, a beautiful young lady had th these two young boys and just had everything in front of her. I mean, she was a, a blessed lady, but for whatever reason, uh, she, well, she had made, uh, unfortunately, a bad decision. And, and her husband had left her over this decision, and, and, and she just didn't feel like life could go on because her family was splitting up, and, and, and so she took her own life to uh, escape. And we're going to talk about more about stuff like this in, in, in just a few minutes. But one of the that, that was absolutely the hardest funeral that I had to, uh, to officiate because I knew the family, I, I, I knew the parents, I, I, uh, um, I, I knew the kids that were involved, and, and to see their pain, and it is it, it, just very, very difficult. Um, when we read or we listen to interviews of the families and the loved ones uh, that are left behind, we read of stuff that they say like uh, they're in a world of hurt, they're, they're in so much pain, and, and there's all kinds of, of confusion because suicide leaves a lot of questions behind that can never be answered because the person who committed suicide is gone. And, 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 and they're, I, I'm assuming they're always, unless it's a murder-suicide or something like that, they're, they're, they're alone. And so we don't know exactly what's going through their minds. It's like the, 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 uh, young, the soccer player whose mom said, we just talked to her a couple of hours earlier and she was in good spirits. She gave no warning signs. And the next thing you know, she had, she had took her own life. Um, and so one of the, the biggest questions that can never be answered until we cross over into eternity and we take our last breath here and hopefully we see our loved one and, you know, I, I don't know if it'll be a concern after that or not, but maybe, maybe we can ask them why. What was the problem? Why, 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 why did you choose this decision? But why is the, the biggest and, and the hardest question that never gets answered? Why, why did they do this? Unless they leave a note and they explain it why. Um, but what was so bad in this person's life that they thought in their minds that, that the only way out was death? The only way they could escape this was, was to die. And no other way. Why did they do this? What was so bad... Uh, that they chose to take their own life to escape whatever the problem was that they were facing. Uh, another question is, um, for the people that are left behind, uh, is, was I not enough? You know, did, did, did this person commit suicide because I wasn't enough for them? Was there something that I could have done better that maybe would have helped their situation? There, there's just, uh, we, we have this, the sense of did did they not love me, um, and is there something lacking, you know, in me that that, that I could have done better to keep this person uh, from making this decision? And and it, it it just it and I'll talk about more about this in just a minute as well. But it, it's just the questions that that we live with for the rest of our lives when a, a loved one or a friend uh, commits suicide. They or they they take their own life and and there's a feeling of abandonment uh, by the deceased and 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 there's some guilt that comes along with that with the people who are left behind because we think what could i have done uh to prevent what happened 
Now, I, I, I've heard it said, and you, you may have heard this too before, I've heard people say that, that committing suicide is the most selfish act that, that anyone can do um, because there's no finality to it. You, you, you can't, like I said a while ago, you, you can't ask why to get, get an answer. And, and I'm going to say this, it, suicide is a very selfish act. And, and I want to explain why I say that. But it's not always a selfish, selfish act. There, there are people who genuinely have um, medical, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Medical conditions. They're, they're, something just ain't clicking right in their mind. And, and they, they suffer from things like bipolar, uh, clinical depression, uh, deep anxiety, and they have to they have to have medications. They you know they go to counselors. They 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 I mean, they have a there's something physically wrong with their body with their mind that 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 they genuinely have an issue going on that they can't help that they can't control and they need to have help from medicine or from a doctor or whatever. So there are people that are like that, and, 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 and they're not being selfish at all. And matter of fact, they're doing the right thing by, by getting help and, and, and trying to carry on with life uh, the best that they can. But there, there are many people, and most people are, are like this, who commit suicide. They make a decision. They, 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 they have literally come to a point in their mind and in their thinking that they make a decision that um, this is the way out and I'm going to choose this way out because they think uh, they, they can't they, they've made bad decisions in their lives and they, they don't want to face the consequences uh, and so they're going to try to escape them and they do so by take they make a decision they make a choice to take their own life many people get in a pit of despair uh, they're anxiety they'll it, it overwhelms them until it consumes them and, and, and what happens is um, and, and you've experienced this I've experienced this I, I, you get it honest because my family deals with it with anxiety and depression mom's family deals ha, has dealt with it and and I'll talk more about this in a minute but you know uh, I've had a family member commit suicide mom's had a member a family member that committed suicide. And, and so you, you you didn't stand a chance. It's coming from both sides, and and so uh, um, but people, what happens is, and, and this is uh, really uh, simply put, I guess is the best way to say this. But what happens is people turn inward. We get in this pit. Uh, we we it's kind of like we we waller in self pity. Uh, we we think woe is me. There's you know this is going on in my life. I want to be happy and I can't be happy because of this situation. And 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 what happens is that that's where our focus turns to is whatever this situation is we're going through in life at the moment. It is so we think it is so bad. There's no way out, and we we can't see um, nothing in front of us. We can't see over that mountain. Uh, we can't see the good that's on the other side. If we could just get you know, if we can climb this mountain and get past this 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 point of our life, but what happens is we turn inward and we stay turned inward, and we lose hope and and so unfortunately we make too many people make the choice to 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 escape, and they leave their loved ones behind. Now, um, 
I, w- I was listening to, uh, uh, I listened to a lot of podcasts, a lot of preachers, and a lot of Bible studies, and and, and, and people uh, who say encouraging stuff uh, to help me with my anxiety and depression. And and this week there was a, a preacher, I believe his church is Harvest Church in, in Riverside, California, but uh, Greg Laurie is his name, and I was listening to his podcast. And, and he dealt with this very this very topic, and he said, I want to give you 10 ways. This is really good. He said, I want to give you 10 ways that will help you with your depression. And you'll probably talk about something like this when, when we do your interview after the break. Um, but he said, I want to give you 10 ways to help you overcome your anxiety and depression. And, and he says, number one, he says, uh, Get outside yourself and find somebody that has a need that is greater than yours. And then number two, so, so in other words, you get out of that inward focus and get outward focus. Get get off of yourself and think of somebody else that has a greater need than you have. Because there's always somebody that has it worse than we do. Always. We think life is so bad, but there's always another person that has a greater problem, a greater need. And so he says, get outside of yourself. Think of that person who has the greater need. And number two, go to that person and help meet their need. In that way, so your focus is off yourself, onto this other person, and then, then you're taking action. So it's getting you out of your pit, and and you're helping somebody else. And then he says. Three through ten is repeat one and two eight times, <laughs> and that and, and that that's really good uh, because it, it it's true uh, because that's where a lot of anxiety and a lot of depression comes from is because we turn inward and and we just get so focused on the situation that we're in and and then we just can't get past that. But if we would look at other people who have it worse than we do and get involved in their life and help their situation it helps them and it, it helps us um the mind is a powerful thing and, and the mind can be deceiving um i'm sure you heard of, of a mirage you know like out in the desert and those those are things are, are really real people think they see water because they're thirsty in the hot desert but there's really no water there uh i've never been in the desert so i can't relate with that but i do drive and and if, when you're driving down the road sometimes, and I'm sure the listeners have, have experienced this, but when you're driving down the road, you see this black liquid on the road, but there's no black liquid there. It, the, it, huh? Like the Titanic thing? Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that's a good one. Yeah, the, the Titanic. When they, uh, what, what was that? They Something about the stars. The, the, it, it, the, it was so calm that night, and the water was so calm. There was some kind of mirage or something, mm-hmm. and so they missed the iceberg. Yeah, that's a good example. I didn't think of that one. Um, and so the the mind is powerful as it can be. It it can be deceiving because we think we we see this, but it, it's not really there. Um, we think there's no way out, but there is a way out. Over and over and over again, the Bible says it'll come to pass. It, it come to pass. It come to pass. So in other words, people were in these situations. They they were in these problems. But the problems didn't stick around. They they eventually, you know, got past that problem, and that in the that problem, that situation they were in is now behind them, and life is better. Life is full of of peaks and, and valleys, mountaintops and valleys, mountaintops and valleys. Storms come. It's just like rain. 
Uh, storm clouds come, but storm clouds pass, um, and, and, and the sun shines again. That's just life. That's just the way life is. But the mind, the Bible says a lot about the mind. And uh, one passage in particular is Romans 12, 1 through 3, when Paul, uh, he says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. And then listen to what he says in verse 2. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think in your mind. So he says in Romans 6, when we're baptized into Christ and we come up out into water, we're fully immersed in water and we come up out of that water, we are a new creation in Christ. Jesus has washed our sins away. The Holy Spirit indwells us. He fills us. And, and if we would get in the Word, in God's Word, and read it, He's going to give us a new way to think. He transforms our lives. He cha- transforms the person that we were into becoming the person that He wants us to be by changing the way we think. And so one of the keys to anxiety and depression is being in the Word. Right? We, we get outside of ourselves, we're helping meet other people's needs, and we're in the Word. And he said, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And then in Philippians 4, 6 through 8, Paul writes, don't worry about anything. So there's your anxiety. Don't, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. So if we're in the word, and there's a, another way we can uh, deal with anxiety and depression is pray. That's what Paul says. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. And then thank him for all that he has done. Not, not when he answers the prayer, but before he answers the prayer. You, you, you don't worry about anything. You give it to God. You're praying to God about it. You're telling him what you need, what you're dealing with. And then you thank him for everything that he has done for you in your life, your blessings. Then he says you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live. And here's the key. As you live in Christ Jesus. So you're outside of yourself. You're in you're in Christ. You're living for Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. He's listen, going back to the mind. The mind's a powerful thing, right? <laughs> Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all that you learn. In other words, don't sit in, in the situation you're in. Get outside of yourself. Do these things and, 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 and be a blessing to people. Keep putting into practice. So it's going to take work. Keep putting into practice all that you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then, then the God of peace will be with you. That, that's key. If you, if you want to, if you, won't help with anxiety and, and depression, quit worrying. Pray about it. Give it to God. Leave it with God. Thank Him for His blessings and the things that He's done in your life. You're going to experience God's peace. That's that's God's word. That, that's His promise. And if we fix our thoughts on, on these things, what's true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, and admirable, excellent, and worthy of praise, and we keep putting into practice the things that the Bible teaches us, then the God of peace will be with you. And in one last verse, 
uh, is Philippians 2, 1 through 8. And we covered this in, in a previous podcast. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from His love? Any fellowship together in spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another and working together with one mind and purpose. In other words, you, you don't go at this thing alone. You're in it together. You're working with other people. You're getting outside of yourself. Don't be selfish. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. Get outside of yourself. You must have the same attitude. Uh, the King James says, let this mind be in you. It's, it's in your mind. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Well, what, what kind of person was Jesus? That's what this whole podcast is about. That's why we're studying the book of Luke. We're looking at the life of Jesus. Did Jesus stay inward? Did he think of himself all the time? He never did. It was always about other people and blessing other people. Here's the attitude that Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. See, he gave up heaven. He gave up perfection. And he took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. And when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. Well, why did he die on the cross? For well, Yeah, for us. He had to. He, had to. he was our sacrifice. He was our payment for our the penalty of our sin. So he, he knew what he had to do, and he humbled himself, and he was thinking of us. He was thinking of others. While, while we were still enemies, Paul says in Romans 5, that uh, Christ died for us. So in these verses, it's clear um, that we have to get outside of ourselves, the end where woe is me thinking it's got to go, and, and we have to focus outside of ourselves uh, our situation, we got we to gotta get get beyond that, look past that, and, and get involved in the lives of others who are having trouble. So, yes, suicide can be a, a selfish act because the person is so inward focused and they can't get out of that pit. And, and, and they think, um, well, this is, uh, this, is, this is the only way, the only way out. And so they, they take their own life. And, and one of the reasons why uh, that I chose to speak on this while we interview you uh, here coming up after the break, uh, I, like I, t I said a while ago, I, I speak from personal experience because my dad committed suicide when I was three years old. I never knew my dad. I never. Uh, I don't even know what his voice sounds like. All I have is is some pictures, and I have some video, the old thirty five millimeter uh, reels, uh, but they were silent, and so I, I don't even know what his his voice sounded like. Um, I had three memories of my dad. Um, he eventually became a Christian, but but before he did, he was an alcoholic. And he had gotten drunk, and, and, and we had a bonfire in the backyard, and he had come home with these. Back then, they had grocery sacks that were made out of paper. They were big. <laughs> and he filled them suckers up full of candy. And uh, uh, and he brought those to us at the bonfire. So I remember I remember him coming home with those two bags of candy. Uh, my second memory is I remember the ambulance coming and picking him up. And what he had done was he had taken a whole bottle. He had some kind of heart condition, so he had taken a whole bottle of his heart medicine and drank. Uh, beer with it and basically 
fell asleep. And while all this was going on, and this is why I said earlier that um, people make a choice uh, to, you know, to commit suicide because he made a choice to, to take those pills. He made a choice to drink that beer knowing that what he was doing was going to kill him. And the reason why I say that is because he was on the phone with his preacher while this is going on, before he died, to make sure that he was saved. And uh, and so I remember the ambulance coming and picking picking him up and taking him to the hospital. Uh, and then uh, the the third uh, memory that I have of my, of my dad is I remember... Uh, his body laying in the casket. So that's my three memories of my dad. That's sad, isn't it? Um, I'm 49 years old. This happened in July of 1976. So in July, it's going to be 46 years since my dad took his own life. And he left my mom to raise three kids, my older brother, my older sister, and and me. And at age 13, my brother had to become uh, an adult. And, and and help my mom raise me and my sister. Um, so there's all kinds of things that go on uh, to the people who are left behind. And and um, again, you know, there's all kinds of things that go on that we deal with, uh, like anger uh, and want to know why was I not good enough? You know, um, at three years old, I don't know what I could have, you know, what I could have done to you know, keep my dad from making that decision. But now that he's gone and I'm 49 years old, uh, sometimes when I'm thinking about it, I get angry and, and I, uh, ask why and why did you do this? And, and, uh, I see how it's affected my whole family and, and it still affects us, even though it's been 46 years almost. And, and, uh, uh and so one of the choices that I had to make was go to his grave site because I can't have a conversation with him. And so I, I go to his grave site and just tell him, you know, I, I had to forgive you. And if you look at, uh, well, where'd it go? I had a paper on the wall where I had to, for, I, uh, there's three people that, that, I, that have hurt me so bad in my life. And I had to physically get forgive them. And so I, I, I made a huge note and I put it on my wall. And, uh, uh, and, and he is uh, one of the, uh, I think he's the top one of forgiveness. So to say the least, it, 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 for the people who are left behind, uh, it, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a hard struggle um, for, um, to deal with the, the loved one who has committed suicide. They're, they're, they're gone, so they're not suffering. But the people who are left behind are suffering in all kinds of ways. I just want to mention again that if you uh, are, are having any kind of anxiety and depression and you feel like you're going to take your own life, please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. Or call a friend, call a loved one, call somebody and let them know what's going on And, and because there is help and there is hope and uh, you can find help to get out of your pit, to get out of your situation. I promise. Thank you for listening to the Grinded Podcast today. May God bless you. If you have any comments or questions, you can email them to us at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com. If you would like Randy to come and speak at your church or your next event, you can contact him through that same email address. 
Also, I would like to thank Jody Foster's Army, also known as JFA, for their song, Abba, as we use for our intro and our outro off their untitled 1984 album. May God bless you, and remember, keep your eyes on Jesus and keep grinding.